What's going on, Godly Dating Family? It's your boy Tavares here. I'll be leading this episode by myself. If you are new to the channel, please, please be sure <laughs> to go ahead, like, subscribe, do whatever it is that you have to do. Um, I pray that this episode edifies you in some way, shape, or form. Um, I encourage you to share it with someone else. A lot of times people look at these titles and they may not listen because they don't feel as though it relates to them. Um, but even if uh, something doesn't relate to you now, it may help you in the future or it may help a friend that may be dealing with this. So I encourage you to share it with a friend. Um, subscribe, listen for more. My wife is on many of the episodes. Get some wisdom from her um, and tune in and keep coming back every Thursday. You know, we're thankful for you all. All of our supporters, all the people showing love, um, we appreciate you guys, all the likes, shares. Um, but I definitely want to just dive straight into today's episode. Um, today's episode, as you can see from the title, I will be talking about jealousy. Um, I think it's important that we address this. I know it's a podcast and it's called Golly Dating 101, but if you've been in our page for quite a bit of time, you know we talk about all things Related to Christianity because we want to help people grow. You cannot have a godly relationship without first exhibiting godly fruit. You know, so my goal is for me to honor God because if I'm honoring God, I can honor my spouse properly. I can honor others properly. You know, so this is something that I believe is necessary to address in the church. Um, I hope that, you know, I can target something that you can um, take home with you um, and, you know, leave church, <laughs> you know, but something that you guys can grasp. Um, I want to start this off with the verse Proverbs 14 and 30. It says a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Um, another translation in Proverbs says it like this. It rottens the bones. It says jealousy will rot in your bones. And I think it's important that we, we understand um, and we set a foundation with this because many of us, um, you know, we know someone who has been, you know, struck by cancer before. We've seen the devastating effects after the chemotherapy. We've seen the devastating effects after, you know, they've been going through it and sickness takes over and the cancer, it rots away at them, you know, and they become skin and bones. The person could have been obese, and then when cancer takes in, it come it becomes skin and bones. Why? Because it rots away at you rots away at you. You know, so we see jealousy here is something that if we do not address it at its root, it will kill us. It will destroy us spiritually, it will destroy our relationships, it will destroy, you know, our, our path in order to do, do in order to do God's will. You know, and I just want to mention a few things to, um today as you're listening you know, that happens when you're jealous, you know, or, you know, just some signs or something that you need to pay attention to in regards to jealousy so that um, if it's in your life, you can you can take inventory. Because um, I believe a lot of times we have issues in our life and sometimes someone has to, you know, address it for us to realize that it's actually there, that it's actually a problem. Um, and number one, I want to start this off with, you know, jealousy leads to hatred. Um we want to start off in Genesis chapter four. When you get time, you can read it, you know, the entire chapter for context. But for the main part, I'm mainly talking about verses three through five. You know, we see here, this is the first time jealousy is happening amongst humans. You know, um, we see that Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's first set of children, you know, they bring a sacrifice to God. So now is the time when, you know, people offer their sacrifice to God, however they were doing it, doing it in their day. You know, now is the point where it's time to offer a sacrifice to God. And we see that Cain brings his offering. Then we see that Abel brings his offering. 
But something weird happens. It says that God respects the one from Abel, but he doesn't respect the one from Cain. You know, and it's weird, you know, um, why would why would that happen? You know, so I want us to stop and evaluate something right there. Why didn't God respect the offering that was from Cain? Because an offering is just that, right? An offering, something you're giving to the Lord, a gift, like a service, some like a form of worship and praise. Why would God not respect, um, you know, Cain's offering? You know, we know they're doing two different jobs. Cain is basically a farmer and Abel is basically a shepherd. You know, and it says Abel brought of the first fruits and Cain, it doesn't mention Cain bringing any first fruits. It simply mentions Cain brought an offering. Excuse me. And I think many of us fail to grasp um, that God is actually concerned about what we offer him. Um, a lot of times, and, and I know this episode isn't going to be popular, but um, uh, let, let's deal with it anyway. I think a lot of times we, we tend to offer God what we want to offer him. We offer God our leftovers the couple minutes before bed when we're half asleep. We offer God the leftovers when, you know, okay, I have nothing else to do, so I might as well read my Bible. You know, we don't offer God the best part of our day when we have the most energy. Um, we give that to our jobs. We give that to our gyms. We give that to our friends. We give that to the person we're dating, and God just gets to spare. You know, and I think that's a real issue because many times, you know, we're just living however we want. And we dress how we want and we act however we want. We date whoever we want and then we expect God to be pleased. And honestly, that is not the truth. And I know when people think of Cain and Abel, they're not thinking about, ah, well, they're brothers. There's no dating. How are you getting? No, I want you to understand something. They're offering God a sacrifice. Their lives are lives of sacrifice. And me, yes, I'm not Cain and Abel. You're not Cain and Abel. But God is still concerned about what you're offering him. When you're in certain relationships, it's impossible to offer him a pure form of worship when you just got out of sleeping together the day before. It's almost impossible to offer God an offering that's pleasing to him when our ways aren't pleasing to him or when we're just giving God whatever we want. We don't really care about God because he's already blessed us with a spouse. What do we need him for? You know, um, a lot of times people think, uh, God, I just need a spouse. God, just man, just let me get let me get a Christian girl. God, like it's not that deep. Let's hook me up. And then the sisters are like, God, it ain't no more church brothers in the church. And, you know, and then they just date whoever. And then it's like, well, God, you just got to deal with it. You know, but we see. But I want to go back to the point that I was trying to make initially. We see here that Cain hated his brother for no reason. Jealousy leads to hatred. Jealousy will have you hating people that you should actually be learning from. You know, because Cain and Abel, we see in their situation that Cain offers God something and God is like, nah, this is not it, bro. I'm not accepting that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but this is, the, you could have done better. Abel gives God an offering and God is pleased. God smiles at their offering, you know, and jealousy led to him hating his brother. You know, Instead of him learning from his brother, and that's a problem, um, you know, because our ministry could grow if we choose to learn from the people we're deciding to hate on. Our ministry could grow if we decide to, you know, take lessons or ask questions. Your business could flourish if, you know, if you're willing to learn from successful people rather than criticize them. 
I believe a lot of times jealousy in our heart leads us to hatred, leads us to to push away people that we should be um, gaining wisdom from, gaining knowledge from, you know, because maybe it's a big brother syndrome. He thought he was better. Why are you accepting from the little brother? But at the end of the day, his brother could have showed him something in regards to offering a sacrifice to God rather than being jealous of what his brother, you know, being jealous of the favor that God had on his brother with that sacrifice. We see in Matthew 5 and verse 21 and 22, this is Jesus speaking. He says, you have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, that shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever, whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. You know, and I know none of us listening to this podcast can say, you know, we're guilty of murder. You know, at least I would hope not. But that is what Jesus said. He's seeing when we start hating people. You know, when we are jealous to the point that we want to, you know, take what they have or, or we hope that someone else loses it because we feel as though that was supposed to be my spouse. That was supposed to be my promotion. Why did you get the job when I was supposed to get it? Why did you get a house when I'm over here trying to get a house? And that jealousy leads to hatred. And God is saying that that same hatred is driving your soul straight to hell. And listen, I know you tune into a godly dating podcast. I know you ain't want to hear about hell. But sometimes some people's pastors aren't talking about it. And Jesus spoke about hell, I believe, more than heaven. And you can go and research that if you think I'm making it up. Like You'll be surprised how often God spoke about topics like money or hell, you know, compared to other things, you know, stuff that seems taboo in the church. But I want you to understand that jealousy will lead you down a dark path because you may not be murdering your brother um, with a pistol, with a knife or with anything, but you're murdering them in your heart. They're dead to you. You don't even care about their well-being. They're whatever. You just write them off. And God is saying that leads to danger. You know, 1 John 3 and 15 says, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. I know I, I, I probably should have warned y'all in the beginning. We coming in hot, coming in hot with this one. But it's impossible to call ourselves children of God while hating other people. It's impossible. It's impossible to say, I love God, man. Jesus is everything to me. But you haven't seen him one day. Bro, you are not 2,000 years old. You have not seen God's face. You have not seen Jesus walking this earth one day. So how can you love Jesus and then hate the person right beside you? I know they offended you. I know they talked bad about you, but you have to learn to love them because you cannot allow jealousy in your heart to lead to hatred. You cannot allow jealousy to push you down a path, you know, that leads to destruction. You know, so I want us to to be aware of that, that we need to avoid walking in jealousy because it'll lead us to hatred. So another thing, jealousy, number one, leads us to hatred. Two, jealousy leads to division. I want us to take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 18. Um, you can read it in context when you get the chance. When I tell you guys these verses, I would love for you to you know, pause the podcast or pull it up on your phone. If you can, you're not driving or something. But verses 6 through 9 for those who have their Bibles with them who are taking notes or anything. You know, we're, we're looking at Saul being jealous of David. Um, you know, David was the man, you know, anointed by Samuel because... God is going to raise up a new king. You know, Saul isn't 
acting right, Saul is, you know, disobeying what God is telling him. And God is just like, I'm going to raise up somebody after my own heart because clearly this guy has missed the mark. Um, you know, so now we see Saul, um, Saul still being king, but David was the man who stepped up, you know, to fight the giant Goliath. You know, Goliath was tormenting the children of Israel. You know, he walked around, you know, taunting them, you know, making rude remarks, insulting them, insulting their God for, I believe it was a couple months at the time. So day in and day out, he's tormenting the children of Israel. David comes along and he's just like, yeah, who's this guy? Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Like, y'all really got this dude trying our God and nobody's doing anything? Like, what's going on here? You know, so David is like, no one is going to disrespect God. You know, he wasn't paying attention to the size of the giant. He was paying attention to the size of God. Like, there's no giant he's going to worry about because the God that he serves is able to take care of the situation. So David comes up. We all know the story. I won't get into all the details. You know, but if we are in the Bible, we're the children of Israel when all of this is happening. Many of us would have been praising David after we saw David killing Goliath. Many of us would have been mad hype, like, bro, I was living in fear. I couldn't go to work. My family, I couldn't help my family. It was this guy was just taunting us. This guy was insulting our God. You know, many of us would have been celebrating David, you know, the moment that, you know, he came and he killed Goliath. And we would have assumed, you know, that Saul would be going crazy, you know, because Saul is looking like, man, this is my new young protege. This brother can kill anything. Like, let's put something in his way and he'll take care of it. Because if you could kill Goliath, we know you can kill anything. And the issue with it is Saul had no problem with him killing Goliath. He had a problem with him getting his position replaced. He had an issue with it looking as though David was the new man on the scene because to him, leadership wasn't about service. It was about self, you know, and we see that Saul should have been happy because at the end of the day, Israel had the victory over the Philistines. Instead, Saul was upset that there was a bunch of women that were gathered around singing a song that praised David more than him. The ladies are singing, Saul has killed his thousands, David that brother killed ten thousands. Like Saul ain't messing with David. Like he just killed tens of thousands. He only killed one dude. But here the ladies go instigating trouble. Saul killed his thousands. David is ten thousands. And we see that Saul begins to get angry from that moment forward. He starts keeping an eye on David. He wants David dead. Like, who do you think you are coming on, you know, taking my praise and, and all these things. And we see here that jealousy causes you to forget that the glory should be for God and not for us. And I believe that's a problem that's causing division in the body of Christ because there are a lot of people in leadership that want glory. They want glory that belongs to God and they want it given to them. They want to boost their platform. They want to boost their name or their image. They want to get that blue check to look verified. They want to boost their book sales. And they want to do anything to get the glory to them. But who cares if God chooses to elevate your brother and sister and he keeps you in obscurity? Who cares if God chooses to use someone else to preach the gospel? You wanted to go to Cambodia. You had a passion. You wanted to do some missions. But who cares if God decided to send a brother down the road or the sister down the street to do it instead of you? Shouldn't you be happy that the gospel is being preached? You know, many of us, I believe, and, you know, I don't want you to feel attacked, but I want us to I want you to really grasp what I'm saying. But I feel like many of us are jealous of people, you know, that may be in ministries that we want to be in. You know, you look at that pastor that's going viral and you're wishing that was you. 
you're looking at that singer who's doing all this and you're just mad, like, man, why, why no one wants to, why no one wants to give me a shot? You're hating people for their influence. But do all of those things matter if God is being glorified? Because at the end of the day, ministry is not about us. You know, as long as the work is done, we have to remember that ministry will always be about service. It'll never be about self. It'll never be about what I can gain or how I can look cool. My goal with this podcast, with every ministry that I'm in, and I believe your goal with the podcast, whatever ministries you guys are doing on your end, should be to impact people, to influence people to seek after God and not to impress the masses. I think I think we do enough of that garbage on on social media trying to impress people our little cute quotes and hey check out my YouTube and everybody wants everything to be about them. And you guys know I'm not opposed to YouTube cuz I would love if all of you guys pause the podcast right now and go subscribe cuz I just dropped a video this week and I'm sure many of you didn't listen. <laughs> you know, so I'm not opposed to, you know to people doing things, you know, And they're in the spotlight. But my problem is we have to get to the point where we're not allowing jealousy to cause division in the body. Because if God chooses to raise up my brother, my sister, it does not matter if no one knows my name. As long as God is being glorified, as long as souls are being won for the kingdom, you know, because we I don't and I don't want to say this, you know, because I understand a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah, but you're married. So you don't understand and blah, blah, blah. But I think there are a lot of people that are jealous of people that are in relationships because they're single at the moment. But that's a dangerous game to be in because you don't know who compromised spiritually to get into that relationship. You don't know who ignored the will of God to get into the situation that they're in because there's a lot of people that post cute pictures on social media and they're in abusive relationships and they're with someone that's cheating, you know, and all those things. And that's why it's important to wait on God because you want God to ordain your relationship, not your emotions. You know, jealousy will have you thinking you need what that person has rather than what God has for you or when he wants you to have it, because you're going to see everybody on your timeline looking a certain way. And it's just like, well, well, God, I'm serving you. Where my man? Where my girl? God, I'm serving you. I need me. I need me a raise on this job. And it's so easy to get into that comparison game. And it's a dangerous place to be. You know, because it's easy to become jealous when you want to post pictures. You know, you want to you want to look cute, too. Everybody want to get their little aesthetic with their little boo. But that's forgetting relationships and marriages aren't simply about walking around with eye candy. You know, your marriage is supposed to be a ministry that you have to steward well, you know, because the goal is going to be for God to be pleased. You know, the goal is not so, you know, you get something to entertain you at night, you know, do your adult activities. You know, that's not all marriage is. You know, and we see in the situation here with David and Saul, instead of Saul and David becoming a dynamic duo, doing great things for the kingdom until Saul is replaced, Saul was determined to kill David. You know, and many of us may not notice it in, you know, in our churches, but there's a lot of division going on amongst modern Christianity. And we have to let go of our envy and our jealousy in order for us to overcome it. So number one, jealousy leads to hatred. Number two, jealousy leads to division in the body of Christ. And number three, jealousy causes you to always think someone is more blessed than you are. It doesn't matter what God is doing in your life. It doesn't matter how much blessings you get. You're going to overlook it all because you're going to wish you were somewhere, someone else or in their predicament. Um, Let me let me show you guys an example. When we look at Rachel and Leah 
in Genesis, many people always talk about how Leah envied, um, they, they always talk about one, but I believe both sisters were envying one another. Um, because if we look at Leah, um, Joseph, not Joseph, I'm sorry, Jacob um, marries, goes to marry Rachel. And then, you know, her father Laban is just like, yeah, I'll give you Rachel to get married. And then the moment he marries her, the father tricks him and gives him the older sister. It wasn't the sister that he wanted. She had a lazy eye. The Bible made it clear that something was wrong with her eyes, you know, and that wasn't the woman he pursued, but he still worked again and ended up having both sisters as his wife. So now Leah, now she wasn't the woman he desired. She wasn't the sister with all the looks and she was the one who could have kids and still could not get him to love her. Now, Rachel, she had all the looks. She was the woman that he desired. She was the woman that he was willing to work for, but she couldn't have kids. You know, so we see that Leah is in a situation looking like, um, man, I ain't got the looks. I can't get my husband to love me. Man, I'm giving his brother kids. And he still is not interested. You know, and then, you know, but what we see the blessing regarding Leah is that she got to a point in her life where she named the child Judah. And it's not like our days today where we just name a child whatever and think, you know, we sometimes we don't even pay attention to the meaning. But she named her child Judah, meaning praise. Judah means praise. And that was her way of saying she's going to praise the Lord, despite the fact that she's producing children and her husband is not loving her. So when she stopped having kids, she finally decided to dedicate her life back to God rather than just getting her husband to love her because she's wishing that she could get the love that Rachel was getting. But all she was getting was children and not a man that wouldn't love her. And that's all I want you guys to understand that you can be married to someone who doesn't love you who has their eye elsewhere. You know, and I know that's not something you guys want to hear, but I'm letting you know it's it's but it's very easy, you know, for people to you know, focus on someone else as being more blessed, you know, but she had to get to the point where it's just like whether this dude shows me the love that I deserve or not, I'm still going to praise God. And then we see Rachel always focusing, you know, probably being jealous of her sister because her sister was able to produce kids and she's frustrated because she couldn't have any. You know, I see that, you you know, I want us to see that jealousy is something that fools us into always focusing on someone else or something else, on someone or something else other than Jesus. Jealousy will always have you thinking, man, if only I had those children, my husband would love me. Or man, if I only had this, that person would um, accept me. I'll be cool if I have this. I'll be accepted if I have this. And it's so easy for us to get to the point where we start trying to get things you know, before their season or trying to get things thinking that's going to bless us, you know, and not, you know, this may sound weird, but right now there are really some single people envying the married people and there are some married people envying singles, <laughs> you know, married people hoping they were single, poor, poor guy, poor woman, you know, I'm happy, you know, thank God I pray self is happy, <laughs> you know, some married people, you know, it's just, I want you guys to understand that you can never focus on what someone else has or desire what someone else has because you will never be content. Jealousy is going to always make you think someone is more blessed than you. It doesn't matter if you have more money. It doesn't matter if you have anything else more than them. If you have a jealous eye, you're always going to feel as though you're losing the race. You know, so I want to mention a few things um, that I believe can help someone who's struggling with jealousy right now. 
Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're not. Maybe you'll struggle in the future. Jealousy is something I've definitely struggled on. I've, I'm like, man, I wish I could have a business like that. Um, when it comes to my gym goals, man, I wish I had the time or the dedication like that. When it came to, you know, anything, you know, when I was in the military, man, I wish I could make rank as fast as that person. You know, it's so easy for us to, you know, compare ourselves, even in church. Man, I wish I could preach like that or get jealous to the point where it's just that, man, he can't preach. She can't sing like me. You know what I mean? But I believe that these are a few things that's necessary for us to do. Number one, which is obvious, you know, ask God to redirect your focus back on him. You know, and I think prayer, fasting and reading the word keeps our mind centered on God, you know, and it allows us to remember what the purpose of everything is. Because it's so easy to get consumed with our own agenda and forget the will of God. But if you're running your own race, you have to understand you'll never fulfill your purpose while trying to do someone else's job. I can never become the best preacher God has called me to be if, my, if I'm over here competing with the person who God called to sing. Listen, I can hold a note, but I know God ain't called me to sing. And if I'm over here in, co- in competition with John Dimit Reynolds, I am going to make an absolute idiot out of myself because God did not call me to be John Dimit Reynolds. I'm not called here to be no Travis Green and all these amazing people from Maverick City Worship. Listen, I'm not those guys. And I will fail every single time I try to be them. So I have to ask God to redirect my focus back on him because when I know God for myself and when I'm intimate with God for myself, I ultimately find my true purpose. I find my worth. I find what he desires for me. Because as we saw with Peter, when he told Jesus, I believe it was Matthew 16, um, that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus turned to him and he was just like, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You know, he lets him know your name is going to be called Peter. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You just got a revelation from God himself. And he revealed to Peter who he truly was because Peter had his eyes set on the right focus. When we see God the right way, we'll begin to see ourselves the right way. You know, so you can never be someone else. And God didn't design you to be like them. So please stay in your lane. Number two, celebrate the successes of other people. Celebrate it as often and as much as you can. You know, it's not easy, in my opinion, being jealous over someone that you're actually celebrating. You know, if you're happy to see them win, it's hard to be jealous over them when you're congratulating them, when you're like, man, good job, bro. I know I always knew you could do it. Good job, sis. God is always making ways for you, man. It's so amazing to see. It's so encouraging to see. It's hard to be jealous over that person you're pushing to keep going forward. Um, I remember working in business with some people and it didn't work out, but I was happy to see them win because just because it didn't work out for us doesn't mean it shouldn't work out for them. Because if God is able to bless you, he can bless me. I don't, <laughs> we ain't got to compete. There's there's room for all of us to be anointed. There's room for all of us to flourish in business. There's room for all of us to grow in ministry. There's room for all of us to do whatever it is God is calling us to do. We do not have to compete, but we have to celebrate one another in the church. You know, Saul decided to envy David because of his stardom. He was supposed to be celebrating David because of what David was doing, what he was accomplishing for the kingdom. The prodigal's brother, the prodigal son's brother didn't rejoice when his brother came back. He decided to be critical, but the prodigal's um, son's father reminded him, we're throwing a party because we're celebrating your son is back in his right mind, but you had access to everything. You have access to all that God has for you, bro. Like, there's no reason for you to be judgmental. You can celebrate with them because... They are succeeding. They are finally back on the right path. You know, and the devil is a clear example 
for all of us, you know, of someone who decided to envy someone else's role. Him deciding, oh, I'm going to be like God is what destroyed him. You know, the sin that started all of the sin in the world is originated in jealousy. Before there was sin on this earth, there was sin in heaven. And I want you guys to understand that sin was jealousy. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to place himself in self-idolatry. He wanted to be worshipped. Why? Because he wanted the praise that was only due for Jesus. He wanted to pray. He wanted God's praise. And God is looking like, hey, we ain't having that, bro. You could kick rocks, you know, send them out. You know, and if it can happen in heaven, it can happen in the church. So number one, ask God to redirect your focus back on him. Two, celebrate their success. Number three, log off social media. If you have to avoid these apps for your peace of mind, do it. I'm like, Brad, this, these things are not good for our mental health. Um, I'm telling you, not just studies. I'm telling you, common sense. Some of these apps are dangerous for our mental health. They're definitely not good for our spiritual health, depending on what you're following or entertaining, your emotional health. A lot of people find their worth and their identity in these things, but it is not, it's not something you know you should be consumed by. You know, I remember talking to Safa once and she she mentioned she avoided Instagram when we were, you know, trying to conceive, you know, and it seemed, you know, it wasn't that, you know, she had a problem with people getting pregnant. It just seems like everyone was getting pregnant, you know, despite us praying and waiting, you know, and it wasn't that we weren't happy for others. We congratulated them. We were happy for them. But it can get overwhelming when you keep seeing things. And if you believe, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. I wish I had that. How about you stop looking in that direction? You know, it's not many times where we're so consumed by what other people want. And now we see that we don't have the right motives because we only want it because other people have it. You know, so if you're feeling like you're being overwhelmed and you're constantly either jealous or or desiring what other people have, feel free to log off social media. You know, because I honestly believe that if we stayed off social media for just a week or two, we could easily refocus on what matters instead of focusing on what we desire from God. Because many times we desire things only because others have it. And, you know, that's just being real. We need to be honest with ourselves. Um, So number one, ask God to redirect your focus. Two, celebrate their success. Three, log off social media. And lastly, four, reject the idea that you'll be happy if you get a certain thing in your life. Destination addiction will destroy you because you'll never walk with a, a thankful heart. You'll never walk with a content heart. You know, the Bible mentions the will of God is for us to give thanks in every season. You know, we should have joy in every season, whether we did not get the car or we did. We should have joy. Someone broke up with us or they stayed. We should have joy. You know, your your joy is not going to come if you get that job, if you get that spouse, if you get that position in the church, if you get that position on the job. That's not joy. That's not that's not that's not true peace. That's not true happiness. You cannot wait on that next position to get joy when God is offering you that now through the Holy Spirit. You know, so we we should just understand that comparing is a dangerous game because honestly, I want to I, I know I say it often, but I want you to really understand that you don't know who compromised for what they have. We don't know if God put it there or not. And even if God is the one who blessed them, okay, God blessed them. You don't know the storms people went through. I don't know the prayers people prayed, the amount of days some people fasted just to see that miracle. 
And while we're jealous of the miracle, we don't see all the tears they water that garden. We don't see all the years of frustration. We don't see all the time someone broke up with them or broke their heart before they got the happy marriage. We don't see the miscarriages. We don't see these things on social media. All we see is the lasting impact and then we jet, we're, we're envious of it. But that should not be our goal. You should never allow yourself to start comparing because you will easily slip over into jealousy or pride, desiring things only to uphold the image or desiring things only so you look better than someone. You know, that's a diff- that's a dangerous game to play. As Paul put it in first and second Corinthians 10 and 12, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Um, that's King James version for saying, I'm not comparing myself to you because comparing myself to you is not wise. We look foolish when we do it because it's taking the focus off of God and placing it on ourselves when God is the only one that can bless us. At least the only blessings that we do want. You know, God is the only one that can give you that promotion, give you that spouse, that godly spouse, give you that whatever it is you're praying for. Why am I comparing myself to you, bro? I don't care if you preach better than me as long as a soul is one at the end of that service. I don't care if if I'm the best singer in the church and they never ask me to do a solo because it's not my goal to reach the pulpit. It's my goal to glorify God. And that's what I want us to understand. You know, so we have to remember that Jesus should be our focus, not what other people have or what other people are doing. When God sees fit and if he sees fit, he will open the right doors for us. It's just our goal to trust him, to grow, to continue pursuing his will, and to just believe that he knows what's best for us. Even if we think we know, trust that God has a better plan. You know, because some doors ought to remain closed, you know, because we just aren't ready for him. And we just have to know that our Heavenly Father can see what we can't. You know, so I just want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. You know, click the link in the description box if you would like to support the podcast, either with a one-time gift or join us monthly on Patreon, where we do our weekly check-ins, our Bible studies, our devotionals, all of that. Show some love to the page, man, and say hi. Screenshot, show me that you're listening to the podcast. Say hi, say something. Love y'all. Peace.